What do you call two guys that were there when this happened? Back to return at Spurlock. Michael Spurlock at the 10. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. Or the 30. To the 40-yard line. We could see history. 50, 40, to the 30-yard line. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. There you go. And that 62-yard field goal attempt. It is good. That's good. Eagles. Who can forget? Again, I'm looking again. Those up the middle. That's hey, intercepted at the Derek 30. Brooks. Derek Brooks, 30. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. We call them the Salty Dogs. Jeff. Scott. Jeff. Scott. <laughs> Super Bowl. You know what? It's almost, it's fake. <laughs> you don't think it's real? I don't know. I, I, Monday morning, I got up. And I was like, we're going to the Super Bowl. And it wasn't until today, today is Tuesday, that I feel like, yes, it's real. Well, that's because you're having to do so much work. Well, now. there's that. But right. <laughs> gosh, I'm so happy to be doing this kind <laughs> exactly. of work. It is um, crazy. But that does make it feel more real when you're like, oh, that's two more weeks of all this stuff to do again. Yeah. For, it, you know, it's fun to do. So. It, it really is. And, and quickly, I, 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 before we got started, I made a comment to you. I have to keep reminding myself the game's not this Sunday. <laughs> Because when we were last in yeah. the Super Bowl 18 years ago, there was no extra week. Nope. We just went right there. Right. Came and, home and flew out. And I will say, I like this. This is obviously better. That was the last time it was done that way. Mm-hmm. It's not as good for the fan because the fan has to wait two weeks. That's true. But to deal all of this stuff, it, it, it really is you know, a if, lot easier. If you knew um, when this was all planned that this was going to be a COVID season, it might have made sense to go one week. Right. Because now you just have the Chiefs at home. They don't come here until the Friday before the Super Bowl. So they're not here for media days, that whole big week of a blitz. You don't yeah. have that. Yeah, no. So th- what is actually the point of another week? Well, I think, as you can see, the construction workers right now working. They would like to have they more They would like more time. <laughs> There's a lot going on considering here. Considering it's not totally done. But <laughs> I, I, I will say that I, we can't show you pictures, but we can tell you that the field is in place and they've striped it. And the NFL logo is on the middle of it. It looks marvelous. It's, They're putting the numbers in right now. Yeah, it's beautiful. Just just really beautiful. They're coming. It's coming together nicely. I like this Super Bowl logo right here that's just LV. Uh, so do I. I don't like that alternate one mm-hmm. where the, 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 the Lombardi trophy is between the L mm-hmm. and the V. Yep. I was just sec- saying to somebody, why are they using last year's logo on this? Because uh-huh. I thought it was L. I thought the, the trophy was the I in L-I-V. Oh, it totally looks like LIV, okay. and I'm wondering why anybody's using I, that. I don't know why they didn't do that last year. I see what, yeah, I see what you're saying. Apparently, they don't use the trophy as an I because last year they put it between the L and the I in I LIV. Not, I would not have remembered that. You have a great memory. No, no, somebody just showed me. Oh. <laughs> um, but enough about logos. Let's talk about the Buccaneers. You know what's nice, Jeff, about working – the, you know, we would. Uh, it kind of sucks to not have been there in Green Bay. Yeah, for that, what must have been what an not, awesome celebration. Not kind, not kind of sucked. Okay, not not kind of sucked at all. It it totally <laughs> sucked. And I'm not. I'm making no bones about it, and I haven't. Well, I did talk to somebody who came back, uh-huh. who was traveling, who came back, and I thought there would be a wild plane ride. Right, and it wasn't. No, I, it, I wouldn't think it was because there's there's two planes and they're so spaced out. There just wasn't a lot of there was there wasn't a lot of. And I'll tell you an, an interesting point about that too is that the mission is not accomplished. Well, right, right, but uh, I mean, but it is still, yeah. Um, but here, because we weren't there, at least working here, when um, when that finally when they, we got that pass interference call, and that to me that was what did it. Now yeah. I know we needed to no. get one more first down, but <laughs> that was the play that did it. And we're like high fiving and Super Bowl. Baby. We yeah. wouldn't been able to do that if we were in the press box. No. You know, it's against the rules. Plus, I have some friends there, and I wouldn't want to act like a fool in sure. front of them as they were. Um, yeah, losing. Mourning. Yeah. You know, yeah. How but, tough is that? Yeah, I don't even oh, want to be in those shoes. I haven't spoken with I was texting Jason beforehand, I but I have not reached out yet, but I am going to. Yeah. Well. Good friend of ours who's the, uh, no, he's VP of communications for well, the Packers. In any case, uh, I feel bad for them. Yeah. Uh, well. You, you know, because you never know when you're going to be that shot to have. The one seed in the home game. And the other thing, too, is enjoy the two weeks because on uh, that Monday, there's going to be a whole group of people really, really happy and a whole group of people not so happy. And so, I know, I'm not sure if just getting to the Super Bowl is enough. Yeah, no, I mean, you can't take that attitude. You have to say it's not enough. And yeah. Bruce, Bruce Arian said before the playoffs started that it wouldn't be a successful season unless you won the championship, which, which all that means sure. is – 
is 31 teams don't consider a season a success. Uh, and that's uh-huh. true on one hand, and I know you, you have to you go for your ultimate goals, but if you've had a month to look back on it and the Buccaneers get this far and lose the Super Bowl, hopefully not, but if that happens, you can you can say it's not – I'm going to think it was a successful I, season. Not as good as it could have been, but come on. It reminds me of the 99 season is that you were very disappointed, and but you did have hope for the following seasons. And there's no guarantees, but – yeah, there's reason to have hope. There's but, reason because it is a young team. I just come get down to it. If you like the Bills, the the Buffalo Bills lost four straight Super Bowls, famously, right? The fact that they went four straight that's times. incredible. I mean, you can't lose them if you're not getting there. There were 30 other teams. Well, back then, I guess there were probably only mm. 26 other teams that um, but never still. even got a shot to play for it. So, yeah. obviously, losing four in a row is bad, but it's still an accomplishment to get this far. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, and 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 you know. Say what you want. The naysayers were out there, and you get into November, and it wasn't going well, and there wasn't like, okay, now where are you going to go? And you needed to win. You know, we talked about it. it would be great to win four games in, in December, but we'll take three out of the four just to get in. And then you got to tip your hat and say, wow, you go in as a wild card, and you've won three road games. And you have to say at least two of those teams, they were the number one and number two, three. number three seed. One, number no, I guess one. they were one and two. Okay, so yeah, they, yeah, the Saints were two. So you, three. so you had to go beat the right. the best of the best in the yeah. NFC at that time. Well, you beat three of the four division champions along the way. You know, it's pretty good. Yeah, but uh, crazy. The first time I couldn't believe this when I looked this stat up to the point that I asked a PR guy to look it up independently using a different source to, uh-huh. to show that I was right. The Buccaneers won in Washington, thirty-one twenty-three. They won in New Orleans, thirty to twenty. And they won in um, Green Bay 31-26, mm-hmm. which is, since we scored 30.8 points per game during the regular season, that's pretty much right <laughs> on the money. That's the first time that any team has scored 30 or more points in three straight road playoff games ever. Not just in the same postseason, but three in a row. Like, yeah. it could be spread out. And you have to admit, the offense did play as well as you thought they should or could play. Did or did not? Did not. I don't think the offense played as well. Second half. First half, the conversions on third downs were insane. Yeah. And that's pretty impressive. Okay, I'll rephrase it. Total game. Yeah, well, I mean, the turnovers, obviously, which we had been avoiding. But as I said long ago, the most important thing is score more points than they Mm -hmm. do and you win. So so that's fine. So So I, I fed you this note near the end of the game. Not near the end of the game. After the second turnover. So after we got the Sean Murphy bunting. Uh, interception that led to the Scotty Miller touchdown. We'll be talking a lot more about that. Sure. And then into early in the second half, we got the um, Jordan Whitehead forced fumble, Devin White recovery, down to the eight, one-yard touchdown drive, Cam Brate. And um, that was that was seven takeaways in the three games in the playoffs so far for the Bucks. We scored touchdowns after six of them, uh-huh. and the only one we didn't was when Mike Edwards intercepted the ball in New Orleans at and the end, and we ran out the clock. Down. So. Every time our our defense is coming up big with these takeaways, and our offense is absolutely turning all of them into touchdowns, and that's incredible. That's how you win. Mm-hmm. That you are going to win games if you're doing that. You're going to yeah. win almost all of them if you're doing that. Yeah, it was a great stat that you did feed us, and and even when when I gave it to Gene, he was like, "Well, well that's pretty good." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I couldn't. It was so funny to me because um, I was sitting next to Jason Turner, and they were driving. Um, they had the ball. They had the ball um, in the second near the end of the second half, and they weren't really driving that far. They, they had the ball, and we were worried. He, he grumbled or something. I said, are you thinking the same thing I'm thinking? And we were. It was that whole, you know, New Orleans or Green Bay won the toss, deferred. That means they get the ball first in the second half. So you're like, okay, I think at the time we were winning 13 to 14 to 10 or seven, something like that. And you're thinking, um, yeah, it was 14 to 10. You're like, and you felt like you dominated that first half. Yeah, I agree. And, and then they're going to do that thing where they score right before the half and right after the uh-huh. half, which certainly Aaron Rodgers has done many, many times. And, and you're going to feel like you're dominating, and all of a sudden you're down by 10 points. What actually happened was the absolute opposite of that. Despite not winning the toss and not having the ball, the Buccaneers scored right before the half and right after the half, uh, it, which is amazing. It, the Scotty Miller touchdown is just... Well, what was funny is everybody said when the, or not everybody, but the offense said when they saw the defense situation, what they what they were setting up as, they knew it was going to be a touchdown. I know, which is crazy. Which, which is, you know, which um, Bruce Arians said that from the sideline. He said we knew it was going to be a yeah, touchdown right. right away because they lined up in man to man coverage on the outside instead of playing deep uh-huh. and letting the Bucks have the middle and just protecting the sidelines. 
or the deep ball. Because all the Bucks could do there with eight seconds to go at the snap uh, is try to get a little yeah. closer for a field goal. That's what which, we thought. Which is like an out. And we thought that's what they were going to do is to do, you know, catch well, it, by the step time out of they, by the time they started to, to snap, I thought they were throwing a Hail Mary. And I, I think that was the plan. But like you said, when they saw Scotty Miller line up, he's one-on-one on Kevin King. They just ran vertical routes. They ran a bunch of go routes, and, and there was no safety help for because uh, they were playing. They were defending the middle of the field, which they did not need to do. No. And uh, and so Scotty just ran right past him. <laughs> he he got up to a top speed of something like twenty point four miles per hour. Is that what it was? And unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately for the Packers, Kevin King, who had a horrendous night, yeah. only got up to like nineteen point four. So that's just that speed difference. So at, at one point you're watching the highlights, and they're the balls in the air, and they're even. And then Scotty just pulls away, and yeah. Kevin King didn't have that extra gear, and boom. It was there. Perfect touchdown. So I have to admit, as we discussed this situation, that after the Sean Murphy bunting interception, there wasn't much time left, like 28 mm-hmm. seconds. We got to around midfield, a little farther, and faced a fourth and like six, right. fourth and five maybe. And we went out there, actually sent out the punting unit, and then, and then called changed a time, our called a time, changed changed our mind. Changed our mind. I was dead set against going for that fourth. Oh, down right I there. was, I was excited. I mean, because to me, if you don't get it, there's still like 20 seconds left. The ball's close to midfield. Aaron Rodgers can easily get you 20 yards in that amount of time, and they yeah. kick a field goal with their kicker who hasn't missed all year, including four or four from beyond 50 yards. Sure, I'm like. If you don't make this, you're probably giving them three points, or they're giving them a decent shot at three points. Well, or if you make it, you're controlling the well, game. Well, t- you know what? Screw me. <laughs> you need to play aggressively in this league, and we're going to get to the call that <laughs> yeah. the, the Packers should have been aggressive, yeah. and they weren't. And well, pretty much everybody agrees on that now. You can't. You can't. You 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 can't. You're, you can't play scared. It's yes. like it's like going to Vegas. I was playing it, scared. Yeah, if that's hundred percent true. Yeah, if you go to Vegas and you play with scared money, scared money is oh, called that's, losing. That's you're, why I like don't. Losing money. That's why I don't so, go to Vegas, Jeff. So I, you know why I go to Vegas? No. Go shows. visit. No, go visit my money. But I'm bummed. So again, I was wrong. We convert the third down pretty with a pretty yeah. easy little play to Leonard Fournette. It was good. And then now there's speaking of. Did he have a game? Yeah, he had, he had another one. He's having wow. a postseason. He's already wow. he already has the Bucks record for most yards from scrimmage in a single postseason. 313. The touchdown run was unbelievable. The the run was he rolled over a guy, so he wasn't down. He he basically jumped over a fallen player. I think it was one of our linemen. It looked like it was going to be. It looked like it was going to go for a minimal gain, like two yards maybe, if that. Because he kind of had to jump or step over one a fallen guy on the field, which I think might have been one of our linemen. And then he cuts right, and then he has to get around the edge, and then he pulls this amazing spin move on somebody, and then basically does another spin move. And just slides across on his back across uh-huh. the two Packers, one of which yeah. was Kevin King. Who, sure. That poor poor Kevin King. He had a day, huh? Are you going to say Kevin King, the ex-packer? Kevin King was the, the ex-packer. <laughs> well, think about this. The, the Heading into the game, the only two real question marks on the injury report were Antoine Winfield for us mm-hmm. and Kevin King for them. And I had thought that, that Winfield was going to play to the point I kept saying that on my stupid I, pregame interview on the well, radio. Well, I thought he was going to play, too. I, 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 I thought that was really a good guess. And he didn't go. And then Kevin King, you're like, well, he was questionable. Oh, well, the, the you know, we we don't get our guy, but the Packers guy comes back to play. Right. As it turns out, that was a good thing because Kevin King was just abused mercilessly. He was the guy on the first touchdown mm-hmm. to Mike Evans, and he was also the guy who got the penalty at the end. Which I know there was some grumbling at the time, but if you look at the still shots, you can see that uh, King has a hold of Tyler Johnson's undershirt yeah. to the point that it's stretching out yeah. like three feet. Let's just say they. They swallowed, well, in hockey, that's called swallowing the whistles. Here, they didn't have hankies. In fact, like yeah. Gene said, do they even have flags in their pockets I thought maybe right they left them at the, in their hotel rooms. A lot of false starts. A lot uh, of false starts yeah. that weren't being called. Uh, salty Dog listeners, I just need to let you know that Jeff Ryan was very hot about this issue on Sunday. Which one? The false the, starts? The lack of penalty. Oh, I was. There wasn't a flag thrown. And it was. And we're not being biased because there weren't flags thrown on either team. And I... I there were, there were. I mean, false starts the easiest penalty to call, isn't it? it it's so blatantly obvious. What? We all went, wait a minute, what? that's not a false start. Not only, not it was two in a row, the same guy twice. And the second one was absolutely blatant, though. The second one was, he's already two steps back before the ball. Yeah, snapped. and I don't know how you missed that. And it's at crucial times. And you and look, you got to play so so that's you know those things shouldn't come into play because you're going to outplay the other team. That being said. 
it's one or two plays that decide it the can. difference in a it game. It certainly it, can. It, yeah. And they, when they finally called a penalty, it did make a big Yeah, difference. and I was surprised because the head official uh, did the Super Bowl last year. So I, I mean, it wasn't like it's a slack team. I mean, no, you know what I, I'm saying? I was thinking it felt more like a philosophical thing, not a maybe, um, not a making a bunch of mistakes. Sure. Like, let's let them play today. Well, they let we'll them. never know if they did that or not, but yeah. that's what it looked like. But what happens is you don't, you don't call penalties, don't call penalties. And even though it's a blatant penalty, which I thought the others were blatant too, where they call pass interference at a very crucial time in the game. Yeah, that's what I was thinking as we were getting into the fourth quarter. I even said it to, to, to Jason, I think. I'm like, how are they going to start calling flags now when they but haven't that, called them all game? But yeah. then they did. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, that was that. There was a play that I thought, so this is not criticizing right. the officials. No, 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 it's a conversation. Right before the third down, the, the, the Packers' last offensive play of the season, uh-huh. right before that one, there was another incompletion where it seemed like incredibly blatant holding, like the guy's arms around his neck and he's going like, yeah. you know, he's dragging. Right. And so I'm like, holding, that's clearly holding, but then it was incomplete, and I'm like, okay, third and 10, second and 20, whatever. Mm, whatever so it may right. not have made much of it. Much of it. In fact, it didn't make a difference when it came down to it. But um, and, and it, this it is was a, really frustrating yeah, to watch. It's not, it, you know, it's not criticism, it's observation that, you know, it, mm-hmm. it, I just thought the game got called a little differently. But hey, you know what? We were looking at things differently than they were. So, 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 so Bruce Arians makes the correct aggressive calls Very. at the end of the half, which yeah. is probably the difference in the game. Yep. Because those are points you don't expect to get. Okay. Now, there's two plays that I'm wondering about, but continue. Well, I was going to contrast that with the play we have to talk about where Green Bay did not go for it on fourth and out. But do you want to mm-hmm. do your thing first? Well, I was surprised. I, I mean, I, I was surprised that he went for two. I, you know, when they went for two yeah. and they were down five. Well, or were they that down made four? sense. Yeah, it was when they, it was the touchdown that got them down by five. But if it made sense because if they get it, they're only down by three. Yeah, but it was so early in the game. It, yeah, you're and, right. And so to me, when you do that, if you don't make it, you put yourself behind. And you say, well, right. you need this anyways. But then it starts getting to be, you know. But you the don't, coach can probably go, hey, look, uh, the ball hit the guy right in the hands and he dropped it. Well, there was that, right? But I agree with you that you shouldn't be, you don't necessarily need to be making those decisions. I mean, if you have an organizational philosophy to go for two sure. more aggressively and more often, that's one thing. But not doing the math there. Don't do it on the math. Because you're right. They didn't get that. If they just kicked an extra point, then at the end of the game when they were driving, they would have only been down seven. Mm-hmm. And they wouldn't have. they would have known they had a. If they scored a touchdown, they only had to kick to tie it. But right. even though they they had to get a touchdown and the two-point conversion there at the end, which they wouldn't have had to do if they just kicked the extra point earlier. Yeah. And then you have um, the craziness of it all, the the grand I, – I'm still I'm still puzzled what the thought process was, is why why are you kicking a Okay, so ball? we're going to talk about that now? Yeah. Why, the thir- well, I thought you had two plays you wanted to – Well, that's, that one was the okay, so two-point and then this one. Yes. So it's the first – the first one I'm pretty sure he was – he's had nobody open and had to throw it away. Right. Second one, good defense – Another incompletion. I think that was the one at the very back of the end zone, but he was clearly out of the back of the end zone. And then right. the last one, he starts to scramble, and it looks for all the world like he could run maybe all the way in or at least down to the two or three, at which point I'm almost certain they would have gone for it on fourth down. Mm-hmm. But he, he's, he's scrambling to his right, and he suddenly fires off a pass kind of diagonally back to the left, and both Mike Edwards and Andrew Adams are in position, and they knock it down, Yeah, which is awesome. Uh, I'm a little surprised, but on the other hand, Aaron Rodgers can make all kinds of throws while on the run, so I can understand why he was confident that sure. he could zip that in there. So it's third and eight. It's fourth and eight now. I was 100% certain they were going to go for it. No, me too. They send out the field goal unit. We're all looking at each other like, wait, what? Because what? there's two twelve maybe left in the game? Uh-huh. In the game. Right. They're down by eight. Right. They kick a field goal. Right. All that changes is that you still need a touchdown. Right. It just means if you get a touchdown now, you win the game. Right. Rather than if you don't get it. Either way, you're, 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 if you, you don't need a get, touchdown. If you don't get it, call me crazy, but you keep the ball out of Tom Brady's hands and they got to march 90 yards or 40 yeah. yards to get a, so, to get a score. So it, well, probably yeah. 60 yards to get a score. You need a touchdown. For a How, are you sure you're going to get down to the eight-yard line again? Mm-hmm. Jeff, I the know. Packers have the best red zone offense in the history of the NFL this year. Now, here's an interesting sight. The head coach of, of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers happened to be on the Atlanta Falcons staff in the Super Bowl against the New Orleans Patriots. LeFleur mm-hmm. was on the Falcons staff uh-huh. when they blew the 28-3 lead? Yep. But didn't everybody sort of lay that at the feet of Shanahan? They did, but, you know, 
the, that mindset, that philosophy, because everyone said had he kicked field goals and just added points on. You see what I'm saying? Now, when things don't work out, you're always second-guessed. But in this particular instance in a championship game. I thought the big deal in that game was that they kept throwing the ball. Well, there was that. Too. Because if they just they run, run the, the ball, ball they, the clock goes out. There wouldn't have been right. enough time. Yeah. So, so uh, and he's catching a lot of flack in, in, in I was going to say, in, in Green Bay. But – the backers, you're not just a Green Bay team. You're you're the whole state of Wisconsin. They're they're pretty upset over that call. Which I don't know. So I'm sure I'm sure. Well, you started to bring it up there, Jeff. Okay, if you go for it on fourth and eight, and you don't make it, you st- or you kick a field goal. Either way, you need a touchdown. Mm-hmm. If you don't make it, first down at the eight for the Buccaneers. They have to decide how aggressive they want to be offensively because if you run three times or run twice and, and are incomplete on, on third down, you're kicking the ball away. They're getting the ball probably close to midfield with not fewer, you know, not much less than two minutes to go. Yep. They're right back in business if they can get one stop. And I know they didn't get one stop, sure. but would the Buccaneers have thrown on third down from their own 10-yard line? Well, they were playing risk it, no biscuit, yeah, so you true. just don't know. You just don't know. And, and, you know, if you're – Well, I you know what? I will say this. That's the difference with having Tom Brady as your quarterback. You do know what they're going to do because he's going to take what the defense is giving Well, that's him. true. I love the third down call to Chris Godwin, mm-hmm. that, that little flip end around, because mm-hmm. it worked so well that they were they assumed we would just run one more time. Uh-huh. Because even if we did and didn't get anything, we're probably punting away with, you know, 10 seconds left or something. They're, they're, they're going to be in a horrible situation with 10 seconds to go or something mm-hmm. like that. So it wouldn't have been a disaster if we didn't get that first down. So it, it wouldn't have even been a bad call to just run four net. And make but sure it sure you was clock. sweet when we did. But this was the same thing. It's a run. So you're uh-huh. still stopping. You're still keeping the clock running. And he might have a chance to get it, which as soon as you saw the, the flip and the corner, you're like, oh, he's making that. Yeah. It, 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 he made it, it with so much room. To, he had time to slide down. I will say it was a fun, it was a fun game. It was a stressful game. For, for if you're a Buck fan and and if you're a Packer fan, that was a it was stress. more stressful for them because we yeah. got up twenty eight to ten. Yeah, but they came roaring back, and at that time, you when you start come roaring back, you know Moe's on your side. It, I never felt like they were roaring back. Though. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So it's twenty eight to ten. They get a good. I think they got a good field or good touchdown mm-hmm. drive. Um, so it's twenty eight seventeen, and then we had the, the interception. So it's twenty eight seventeen. We're getting close to scoring if. If Tom Brady's pass to Mike Evans um, on basically a post over the middle where, where he touches yeah. the ball around the eight-yard line, if it's a little lower, Mike catches that. Oh, no question. And he might score, but otherwise it's first and goal, and our, our red zone offense is probably going to punch it in. So basically, they get the tip ball interception, and they go down and score again. And so to me, I don't. I never felt like they were roaring back, is mm-hmm. my point. I thought our defense was still holding up pretty well. I, and they, held, they, they forced two three-and-outs and punts after two of those three interceptions, which is awesome. The fact that you have three turnovers and you're only giving up six points, mm-hmm. that's phenomenal. Yes. Considering we had, what, two turnovers and, and picked up 14, 14 points? Yeah, that's the difference in the game. Yeah, I mean, that is uh, – The defense yeah, yeah, was great. Yeah, you know, it's funny. You know, they always say offenses get you to the championship game. Defense wins you championships. <laughs> and Except it, in 2 when the defense got us there and then the defense won. Well, yeah, <laughs> but, you know, but it, I'm just saying, you know, once again, it's it became buck ball. You know, defense standing yeah. up and making it happen. That was so, awesome. Yeah. Was, but for fans, hey, I'm really happy for you and for us. You know, I'm happy for me, too, because <laughs> it makes a difference in my life. I'm happy for me. <laughs> yeah, you know, once in a while. I, but it was – I'd I, like to – <laughs> I'd just like to give a shout-out to myself. Yeah. You know, for well, – uh, Hey, I do want to say – I do want to say that um, <laughs> after the broadcast, it was really – it was really a fun time. Uh, you had to go work. I had to go. You had to go work right away. Work. But but we took care of you. You did. Yeah, um, we did celebrate, and um, it was a nice little celebration, and it was good because all of us have been together watching these uh, oh, yeah. games, doing the broadcasts remotely, which is very different than what, how we normally do it. But we came together, and a, a lot of people that for me, a lot of people that aren't on the broadcast team, but you know, you were at the games, but you're in the press box, but. You became part of the broadcast, feeding us information. Um, Jason Turner was there helping me uh, grab interviews, things of that nature. Um, and then Dan Roy, who's our venue tech manager, made it all work because he was bringing all those feeds in for us. Oh, that guy can fix or set up anything. And, and what was funny is all year long he would leave at halftime. <laughs> and during the playoffs he would leave at halftime and we were winning. And he asked me, 
if he should leave at halftime. And I said, no, you, you should stay. You're playing with you should, there. Yeah, and, and so he stays, okay? Things start to go south. <laughs> there were people who asked him to leave the Get booth. out of here. And go for a walk. Go and, for a walk. And he was so nervous. Dan got up and he went for a walk around That's the stadium. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's, you know, you do this for a living and, you know, it's fun to be a fan and I'm a fan of other teams and so are you where you can yell and scream and say whatever you want. When you work for a team, it's your livelihood and it it does change a lot of stuff, how you do things and how it comes together. Enjoyable. And I have to say that um, this has been a pretty solid uh, <laughs> month, not even a week. I'm just saying since December. Yeah. And here we are. It's going to be February, and we're still we're still in it. Yeah, crazy. I'm not done talking about this this Packers game though. Oh, all right. What else you got? Well, Shaq I'm and, sorry, I jumped. Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of did your little philosophical yeah, thing that sounded like I the ending you. of the show. Yeah, I was. I was ready to so move on. Are you trying on. to wrap this thing up? You got no. stuff to do? Oh, I got tons. Am of I am I cramping your style here, Jeff? Well, a little, but continue. You what said, else? We you got, got ten days to the Super Bowl. You know. All right. What else you got? Well, it's not what I got. Actually, it's twelve days of the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um. Actually, 11. Well, when they're listening to it, you mean? Well, no, because today's almost over with, so no. count Wednesday. But, but I digress again. Uh, I I'm know. sorry. Your day might be almost over. Um, You know, it was fun watching Shaq uh-huh. uh, kind of oh. do his Warren Sapp. And, you know, because it was Warren Sapp and Brett Favre. They had that superstar-friendly rivalry right. for years. And then even in the game we lost in the playoffs in Green Bay in 97, mm-hmm. uh, Sapp had three sacks. Favre just kept coming back and making big plays. Sure. But it was two superstars and Hall of Famers, future Hall of Famers going at it. Well, Shaq ties the t- Saps playoff single-game record for yep. the Buccaneers. Three. In Green Bay in Lambeau yeah. against another Hall of Fame-bound quarterback, How Aaron Rodgers. And him and JPP um, combined for five sacks, which is, is ties the most that the Packers gave up in any game this year, which was one of them was also against us. Uh-huh. And um, we, we were talking on the radio before the game that, you know, both offenses are really good. What what can be the difference? And I'm like, well, we need to get pressure. And I'm not saying something any average fan could sure, figure out. Right. But, but that's what we talked about on the radio. You need to get some pressure just like we did in week six. You know, Just because we did in week six doesn't mean necessarily it was going to happen again. But that to me, that was the key. Get some pressure and make some bad plays happen, and that'll be the difference in the ballgame. Right. And the bad plays that the backers made were the difference in the ballgame. Well, that and – And a lot of it had to do with pressure. And it didn't hurt that – Vita Vea came back in. 100%. That was on my notes here. holy moly. He played 33 snaps. I know. I thought he was going to play 10. Well, well, B.A. told us that he was going to let let him, okay. him being, decide. Dana, how's it how, how, how you doing? How are you feeling in the game? And wow. Yeah, so he played 33 snaps, and it was his first action since he broke his ankle uh-huh. in week five. I can't believe he's back. Chicago game. And so I was thinking, hey, maybe this will be a nice you know, a little boost for the defense, get you, you know, 10 snaps in each of hopefully the next two games, which mm-hmm. now it is. Now we got two more weeks of the Super Bowl. You basically have prime Vita Vea back. Yeah. I can't believe this is happening. Yeah. And Shaq even said on one of his sacks, he's like, Aaron Rodgers tried to scramble away from me, and there was Vita. And so he had to turn back. He's like, Vita flushed him right to me. So he wasn't there for the Kansas City game. No, we did not have Vita. For, they didn't have. They um, didn't have their guy. They didn't have yeah. a couple people yeah. too. I'm having, I'm blanking on who it was. But even the Packers, the, yeah, the Packers didn't have a lot of guys that played us. So I just, I'm sorry, I'm digressing again. I was well, just, no, it's a, it's a, it's. A, we didn't have Vita Vea, and we barely had Antonio Brown yeah. at that point. Yeah. Hopefully he'll be back. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the the those two guys, and think about this, thinking about guys that were missing from the game, and mm-hmm. it wasn't really part of the pregame storyline because it didn't just happen. But in Week 16. The Packers lost their Pro Bowl left tackle, David Bakhtiari, to an ACL tear. Uh, they had Their offensive line had been magnificent all season because Bakhtiari is one of the best left tackles in the game. Elton Jenkins, who was playing left guard but can play anywhere on the line, right. was having a pro, had a Pro Bowl season. And their center, Corey Lindsley, didn't get picked for the Pro Bowl but was a first-team AP All-Pro. That's three out of five guys. Bakhtiari goes down. Now they take Billy Turner who was playing right tackle but had sort of been switching back and forth through the season with Ricky Wagner, who they'd gotten just before the year. Right. And those two names seem interchangeable to me, Ricky Wagner, Billy Turner. I mean, it could be Ricky Turner and Billy <laughs> Wagner. NASCAR drivers. There was a Billy Wagner who was a, who was a, a relief pitcher. He was oh. a very famous relief right. pitcher. Lefty. Braves mostly, I think. Okay, so Ricky 
Turner and Billy Wagner. No, Billy Turner and Ricky Wagner. <laughs> they put they moved Billy Turner over to left tackle, put Ricky Wagner back in at right tackle. That's not as good. And you saw where all the pressure came from. Yeah. And after the game, you hear the coaches and the, and the players talking about, we thought we had an, a matchup there that we could exploit. Mm-hmm. Nobody's really talking about that going into that game. No. Right? I didn't know how we were going to get pressure. But it turns our our outside linebackers were better players than their two tackles. Yeah. And that's because David Bakhtiari got hurt. And, and another um, group of people that we really got to say, hey, is the O-line. I mean, they – for the most part, they did the job. They there was one protection breakdown. I don't even know if it was an O lineman on that interception. Someone missed a block. Yeah, and I saw. Um, or they? I'm sorry, they Leonard didn't pick Forn- up the blitz. I saw Leonard Fournette trying to get there because he had been going yeah. sort of more uh, between the tackle and guard gap, and then he saw that the guy was blitzing off the edge, yeah. and he tried to get there, but the angle it, wasn't right. right. But I don't even know if it was his assignment or not. I'm no, not I don't. It was. No, but so, it. Um, B.A. made a comment during his radio show that it, it, he was very happy with the offensive line and that the one breakdown was because it didn't pick up some, pick up a um, a blitz. But, yeah. hey, you know, it happens. No, I know. Not I mean, too often, though. That was the only no. sack, wasn't it? Yeah. And Or, no, it wasn't even a sack. sack was it led to the interception because yeah. Brady basically had to heave it up there. Right. Probably, you know, thinking about early in the game, he heaves one up there, and Chris Godwin somehow – Gets the ball. It should look like it was an easy pick. And Chris um, Godwin, I thought he was going to try to play defense. He, he caught it. He stole it from him. He did. He stole so it from him. So this time he's throwing to Evans and maybe thinking the same thing. I mean, if I could just get it up there, it's two. there's only two guys there. It's Evans and the guy, and um, hopefully Mike can make a play. Right. But I don't think Mike figured it out right away, and so he kept going a few more steps and couldn't get back in time yeah. to get to the ball. Sure. So it was an easy interception for Jair Alexander. No, and and but you know you start thinking about the game, you know, and and Devin White, he's still all over the place. Yeah, fifteen Plays tackles, really fast. He's he's really, really in his fast. stride now. Yeah. He's really hitting his yeah, stride. Yeah, yeah, well, he's got his confidence. That's I don't think he's ever been lacking in confidence. Yeah, but now he knows he can do it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't. I, you could apply that to a lot of guys. I think Devin walked in the building last year, knowing that he could do it, believing he was. Well, the now best he's in the world. doing it, so. Well, Maybe I mean, he's I right. Should say. Yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely very confident in himself. Yeah. But uh, that's the case with a lot of superstar athletes. You gotta love it, right? You gotta yep. love it. So, yep. it, so uh, maybe we should move on to the Chiefs now because sure. we don't we don't want to be here for two hours. Yeah, right? no, no. So yeah. those Chiefs over there, they're good. Oh, they're very good. Very good. <laughs> so that's our analysis. Ooh. That's it. Uh, what more can you say? I will say their offense. You, you know, it's it's obviously it's probably the it didn't rank first in in um, in points. Mm-hmm. Believe it, they were only seventh in scoring. Believe it or not, right. the Buccaneers were third. We just beat the team that was first. Sure, and we beat New Orleans, which I think they were about fourth or fifth. So, it's not that we can't beat a team with a great offense, but this one with Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill is a completely different. A lot of animal. Sp- a lot of speed well, there. Yeah, and they're just Hill and Kelsey are such playmakers, and trying to double cover one makes it harder to double cover the other one. They're, they're so creative in how they use that guy, those guys. Try, Tyreek, did you see his, I think it was like a 75-yard run, um, um, touchdown in the Bills, the game against the Bills? Yeah. It was just like a little, it was a little pass. He's like. And he's like a, he's like a water bug. He's, he's like somebody's uh, controlling him with a joystick. It's like. Yeah. And that's what he can do to you. Now, against us, he basically got deep, but we, they can also hit him short. Sure. So you can't just go, well, we'll lay off and make sure he doesn't run past us. Mm-mm. Because then they'll just beat you with short stuff and he'll run the ball. And they're a very well coached team. That they team's are. been together. You know, you know, getting back to the Super Bowl back to back years is is it's not easy, folks. No, it's know. first time since 03, 04, right? Mm-hmm. No, not back to back, but back. They could be the first back to back champions. Sure. The Patriots did it like three times mm-hmm. recently. Um, but okay, but so the but, offense. You can't say enough about their offense. People out there don't need us to tell no. how good their offense. Their defense. I mean, you can't win. They've won 25 of their last 27 games Crazy, and are in it? two Super Bowls in a row. That can't happen without a good defense. So we're you're not going to hear any words here on this podcast that the Chiefs don't have a good defense because no, they do. They do. But it's not at the same level as their offense. And I think there are some areas where the Buccaneers match up nicely. Yes. There, you, there is opportunities to exploit. For one thing, them. they're very aggressive. They are one of the I'm highest. Not afraid. They're one of the highest blitzing teams in the league. They blitz max blitz. That's six or more guys. Five or more is a blitz. Six or more is what you would call a max and blitz. They do that on 17% of their plays. The league average is 8%. Right. They and are one of the most aggressive blitzing teams in the league. And what's the what's the one way to get Tom Brady? Well, pressure. Push pressure. Just but like any other In recent weeks, he's actually done quite well against pressure. There's some next-gen stats I could read you, but just take my word sure. for it. He's actually 
in the last three or four weeks performed quite well in pressure situations. But also, the Buccaneers have done a good job, for the most part, of picking up blitzes. I, I personally think it's a great matchup. I think I think a lot of people are excited. You know, you know, like sometimes you, you, teams go in, you go, yeah, it's the Super Bowl, I'm going to watch it. It'll be great, you know. But not if, that, that, that hype. If you and wanna, I think it'll live to the hype. If you want to... If you want to feel optimistic as a Bucks fan about this matchup, because on one hand you say, well, the Chiefs have clearly been the best team in the league for two years. They're, def- they're the defending champs. They really have only lost one game in the last year and a half because mm-hmm. the last game of the season they rested their starters. Sure. They are considered the favorites. Yes. I All of this three is and true. Half, three and a half points. But if you want to look at it, want to, uh, an optimistic way to think about this, what do you think is more likely that the Buccaneers' defense – which is ranked seventh and just had a really good game against Aaron Rodgers and a really good game against Drew Brees, is it a better chance that they will find a way to limit? I'm not going to say stop. Right. To, to limit Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey and Hill to less than what they normally get? Or do you think it's more likely that the Chiefs defense, which by most statistics is not as good as the Bucks defense, mm-hmm. will slow down the red-hot Tom Brady in that offense? Which is more likely to happen? Well, I always figure the defense is going to I think it's more likely the Bucks defense will have right. the bigger game. Sure. And make the turnovers. And, you make know, the plays that need to be. Make the big plays. But, so that, that's one optimistic way to look at it. But as we look at last year's Super Bowl real quick, don't count them out if they're behind. <laughs> yeah, the look at their whole playoffs last year. And that Even double know, digits behind. Yeah. And so that's the thing about them. They can strike quickly. And, and so defensively, it, it's going to be it. Do you think – I, I'm trying to decide because this stadium is being so transformed into another looking stadium. But do you think there's any advantage playing here for the Buccaneers? During the game? Yeah. No. And why would there be? Okay. Because it, no matter where we were playing, the Bucks and the opposing team would each get the same number of allotted tickets, right? Right. And maybe, maybe I don't know how you're gonna I don't know how you get tickets to the Super Bowl this year if you don't Do you think there's an advantage because they understand the swirling winds at Raymond James Stadium if it's windy? Do you think I mean the the Chiefs beat us here in, in October yeah. in November. Right. I don't know. I, the, the 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 one advantage that Bruce Arians said that made sense to me was you don't have to go anywhere. Well, that's true. Every other Super Bowl right. team ever. Well, I guess the Rams, when they played in the Rose Bowl, it wasn't their home field. And the 49ers, no. when they played at they Stanford, Stanford. they wasn't. probably were able to stay at home. Yeah, but, but they they weren't in their home stadium. No, but I'm saying in the two weeks leading up to it, we don't have to go anywhere. No. You can do – that's what Bruce said. You can stay in the exact same routine. Mm-hmm. You can still hold up, you know, in your house, not have mm-hmm. not go out and, sure. and, um, and, can, and expose yourself. Just really f- stay home and focus. You don't have to travel at any yeah. point All during right. the week. Um, that's an advantage, but on the other you hand, drive to the game. It's a little bit. It's a little <laughs> bit um, uh, muted because Kansas City, actually, because of the way this is set up, has some of the same advantages sure. because they don't have to come till Friday, so they they're, will be in their own beds doing their own routines what, for almost heard, two weeks. From what I heard, they're not coming until Saturday. Oh, they're I thought gonna, they had to come on Friday. Well, they used, or was that the earliest? That they were was the, to come? that was the earliest you were allowed to come, and I think you need to be in town by two p.m. Uh, so they, you don't think they're even coming until Saturday? I don't believe they are. I'm, so basically, I, I it's a normal saw, road trip. Yeah, I thought I saw it somewhere, and it is. It's a. It's about a two and a this half. This would hour have been flight. a much bigger. This would have been a much bigger advantage in a normal year. Oh yeah, because no the Chiefs would have had to come and stay in a hotel for a week, um, ride around in buses. I think the fans would have been leaning more towards Tampa because the well, Tampa fans would have been. Yeah, and if you have six, his, if yeah, you have sixty five thousand tickets, you can probably more Tampa fans can yeah. probably find a way to get their hands on them. Sure. At this point, it's basically we're talking about fifteen thousand, right? Because of twenty two, but seventy five hundred is uh, uh, vaccinated healthcare yeah. workers. Correct. Uh, Frontline workers. I don't think that the fact that the game is here makes it that much easier for a Buccaneer fan to get a ticket. Is my point. No, no, it's not. No. So and 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 I, even if it I, was a a heavily Buccaneer crowd. It's still so small that it, they can't get that loud. Yeah, the secondary market for this game is crazy. Tiny, I'm sure. You can buy no, dollar wise? Well, no, oh. the opposite of tiny. Oh, it is. You know, you're looking at. I was seeing something like, I don't know, eighteen thousand a ticket. Oh. There, there is an article in the in the um, Tampa Bay Times <clears throat> about it. The secondary market is going crazy. That um, a suite. If it passes through and through the secondary market, three hundred thousand dollars for one game. Yeah, but hey, it it included alcohol and and food, so you're good to go. I mean, even if you're in a sixteen point a sixteen point sixteen person suite, right? 
at three hundred thousand dollars, that's still a lot of money per person. So here, yeah, a, no matter no matter how a, you have, have a ten thousand yeah. dollar martini. Yeah, enjoy the game. So, so, um, it, and it's. I will say this: the Tampa Bay area, all all areas embrace, and um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, Tampa is a city. All right, but Tampa Bay is a lot of communities around, and you have. Tampa, St. Petersburg, Clearwater, Newport, Ritchie, Tarpon Springs. Someone's going to get mad because I can't name them all. But there's over 2.5 million people in this area, plus if you roll out the Lakeland and whatever. Uh, the Tampa Bay area really is going nuts over the Bucks, And because of the sports in Tampa Bay, the Lightning win the Stanley Cup. The Tampa Bay Rays go to the, go to the World Series and lose, unfortunately. And then the Bucks, which everyone was saying, well, now it's the Bucks' turn. And, well, the Bucks have stepped up and at the Super Bowl. How crazy is that? All three sports team in the final game. I, I have not looked it up yet, but I'm sure people have already written stories about cities that have had years like this. Do you have any else? I think there was a Philly year. Didn't Maybe Boston Philly. have one a few may, years ago? Yeah, Boston may have. The Celtics. Where all their teams are yeah. either winning or in championships. Well, in 2002, uh, Lightning and Bucks. that, uh, well – yeah, they both won the we won the world we won the world series. We won the Super Bowl and they won the Stanley Cup. Cuz their season rolls into the 03 season. Hmm. So, yeah, both of them and then they went on strike, which is which unfortunate the next year. Crazy, right? I just feel like you're off by a year, but I'm not sure enough about it with the Lightning. I know you gave me that look. Yeah, well, I just know I I remember where I was. Uh-huh. Uh, when they won, because I was visiting my dad in Phoenix, Arizona, and okay. we were at a restaurant, and um, their TVs were on the, the Stanley Cup, and we saw them win the last game to win the Stanley Cup. Uh-huh. And later that night, my son, Alex, took his first steps wow. in, in the hotel room in Sedona, Arizona. Okay. And um, I have to believe he was he was born in, in July of '03, So he wouldn't have been... If you if you think they won it in the o two o three season, he would only been like. You know, did, you know, I'll take it back. I'll take it back. You were off by a year. Right? I was. They won it in o four and twenty twenty. Okay. I thought it was o three. Blew that one. Yes, they won in o four. At least I looked it up. I wouldn't have ever known that if it hadn't been for that personal connection. I, you know what I like? I like that you had the personal connection that <laughs> Alex took his first steps in Sedona, Sedona which I love Sedona. It was a hotel room in Sedona, Arizona. Yeah, there's. it all started in a hotel room. We weren't even Sedona. expecting I don't know if that's the um, that's the way it works with most parents and, yeah. and their kids because this is the only one we've ever had. But we weren't even expecting it. He was just kind of – he had kind of he was kind of holding up himself, standing and holding onto a counter. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden he, he let go and walked like two steps over to the bed. And we're, we're all flipping out. We're like, oh, my God. He just walked. That was better than the Stanley Cup. I was just going to say, that's great. But that's, that's how we can always know yeah, the date. Listen. My wife and I can always look up the date that Alex took his first steps yeah. because we can just find the Stanley Cup I'll, final game. Can I tell you this? I am glad I was wrong because I, I love that story. You like that story, Yeah, huh? so I'll, ta- I'll take the lashes for being wrong again. <laughs> um, I was not done because, okay. I mean, it, the, the – the, our ability to go from one tangent to another. I'm sorry. That's All me. of us, both of us. It I gets know. so far afield from where we're going. I but know. we were talking about the Chiefs. No ADD here. And I was talking about their defense, which is good, mm-hmm. and has some stars like Tyran Matthew yeah. and Chris Jones. Uh-huh. Um, one of their corners, um, Legereus Sneed in the slot, is playing very well. Um, Anthony Hitchens is a good rangy linebacker in the middle. Frank Clark seems to have lost a little bit of step. It's, mm-hmm. He had two sacks in the playoffs so far. Um, Daniel Sorensen is a, is a safety who kind of does it all, blitzes all the time. They got plenty of good players. That said, I was telling you how they're aggressive on the blitz, right? That's an opportunity if you pick up the blitz to get big plays. Uh-huh. In addition, they are extremely aggressive in press coverage. Right. Charvarius Ward, who was a revelation for them as a corner last year, I think he's an undrafted guy, had a great season. They're expecting the same from him this year. He has not been as good in coverage this year, but he is the number one guy in terms of the percentage of plays that he presses the receiver on the outside. Hmm. The second guy in that category in the league is Bashad Breland, who's the corner on the other side. Uh, the Ward plays the left, Breland plays the right. So we're talking about lots of press man coverage. Right. Well, don't you think that we have a few guys that are pretty good at beating press man coverage, especially uh, Mike Evans? Yeah, I would say so. They've been the, the Chiefs' pass defense has been giving up more explosive plays downfield in the second half of the season and huh. in the playoffs. Really, I think there are opportunities there. I think uh, they also I like, 
Their offensive line, you, you ever heard of tackle splits? I have. How far apart the two tackles line up? They have the widest splits between their tackles, which says to me they they would be hard to get around the edge on because yeah. you've got a long way to go. True. But there should be some bigger gaps in the middle for guys like Vita Vea. Scott Smith, you're cranking me up right now. You're cranking <laughs> me up right I'm now. I'm just saying there are opportunities. Uh-huh. Will they seize the moment is going to be the question. We'll see if they can. Yeah. And we've got a very, very smart defensive coordinator and a great staff. Wow, he's been calling some great stuff. So they should be able to figure it out. You know, and, and, and it doesn't look like he's going to get an HC job this year, but I have to tell you, wow. You Which know. is good for us, but well, I don't want to emphasize no. that because we want him to get what he wants. Well, both go on both sides, Eric Bimini. The uh, enemy. Uh, Eric um, sleeping with had, the enemy. Yeah, hadn't. Uh, I remember that. That was hit when he was a player. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the opportunities, hopefully they'll come for both those guys. Next year, not you know maybe after the 2021 well, season. Yes, because I don't. Ble- How many jobs no. have been filled? Seven, maybe. Uh, yeah, I don't believe that any of them have been filled by black coaches. No, um, the San Francisco 49er defensive coordinator. So, um, yeah, he's he's a minority. Yeah, yes, he is a minority. Um, but look at you know what's interesting? Arabic, I, I, I believe. Arabic, I believe. I can't. Um, I can't claim I read this earlier today. I think it was on the Ringer. Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading a story, and um, there were two black offensive coordinators in the NFL this year. They're both in the Super Bowl. Yeah. How crazy is that, right? So this is the kind of thing that you think, okay, you're starting to get that pipeline established. Uh huh. You're starting to get these coaches get a chance, these black coaches get a chance to be coordinators because that's usually, not everybody hires a coordinator, but usually, mm-hmm. right? right? Most head coaches get to be a coordinator. That's where they, you know, they hone their skills. They, and they get the higher profile, sure. and they get... They get a the Sean I think McVay, Lafleur, all these well, this people. Year, like yeah, Nick, Nick Sirianni. Uh-huh. I think almost all of them that have been hired, except for obviously Urban Meyer, were coordinators. But the pipeline, you would think this pipeline is happening, but it's really not. And it's it, the this the system is not working yet. No. When you consider the talent there is in coaching, and, and and there are black coaches that are very talented, but they're not getting a lot of coordinator opportunities, which means they're not getting a lot of head coaches. Yeah, when you want to see a di- diversified coaching staff you well the bucks yeah go look in the buck media guide and you'll all see three of all. our coordinators are, are black men mm-hmm. and that's and a female and we have women yes i love it um yes so no bruce arians is committed to that but he wouldn't be hiring these people if they also weren't very no good and that's just it too it's that you have to be good so but we're lucky to have have both of them and yeah. and so this the, and this will put them even in a bigger spotlight if they can sure pull it off and and yeah. get themselves a, another ring for the Buccaneers, it's it's a positive that you know presumably Todd Bowles will be around again. Uh-huh. I don't think um, Byron Leftwich got any head coaching interviews this time. No, I don't. It think It might he have did been either. a little too early, right? Yeah, he's been a coordinator for three years. Yeah, I think I think you know if he if he um, although if he pulls this one out, then all of a sudden that elevates you to yeah. another status. I uh, said only three years, but you see, keep seeing guys with these meteoric rises lately, like yeah. Brandon Staley. I think he was a defensive coordinator for yeah. one year. Right. League's got to relook. No, I like Brandon Staley. No. I think he'll be a good coach. Listen, I don't, I don't begrudge anybody getting a position at all. I am not saying that. I just like to see that. I think there's some really good people out there that haven't been given that opportunity. It's hard to have. It's hard to, except for maybe Urban Meyer. I really mm. don't like that hiring. Yeah. It's hard to quibble with any given there you one go. of that, them. I, that you know, you're that's good. That's a good. That's a good point. You can, you don't quibble with any yeah. given one of them, but the system clearly isn't working when. Right, all a college them. coach all of a sudden becomes yeah, co- that. Yeah, college coach, but otherwise there, there haven't been any retread head coaches, right? Like, um, mm-hmm. you know, you don't see like Mike Malarkey or somebody right. getting another shot. No. There haven't, there haven't been any of those, have there? Uh-uh. No, 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 no. Atlanta hired, uh, um, I can't even remember at this point. We've I, been so focused on I, the Bucks. I, I'm worried about the Bucks. <laughs> you yeah, know, so next, forget that. Next year we'll go through the head coaching stuff, but right now it's all Bucks. <laughs> that's all I care about. That's that's it. Well, okay, right. so, yeah. What you think that's enough? Yeah. So, were you happy at the end of the game? You went right to work. You mean? Well, I had you, to. Yeah, I know. You I were, got my high fives in. When, I know. When we got the pass interference call, uh-huh. I pretty much thought that was the end of it, and I started moving my stuff out to where I was. Working. I know. I turned around to to to, to you know congratulate. Yeah, and you were gone. I was like, oh, all right. Then all Linda right. came down and yeah, gave me some stuff. Yeah, we took care of you there. So, um, what a good, what a good, 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 good time. And so, I know it really was. I'm just sitting here looking at seeing Super Bowl, and I'm thinking, "Dang!" Well, we've know, done we've done this surreal. Here. We've done this here 
up in the press box for what four years? Well, actually, we're in a, a luxury suite right now, but uh-huh. for, for the last four weeks, have we? Yeah. And usually, there's been a little bit going on. There was a one day those snipers were stalking. Yeah, around. yeah, when they first started. Now there are tons of people out there. Yeah, there are people all over the field and in the stands doing various things, like stenciling in lines on the field, and they're working on constructing this. What is this? That's for the halftime show? That's the uh, Pepsi halftime show. That's for the halftime with, show? Uh, with Weekend. Weekend. Yeah. It doesn't look like there's a lot of room for him to move around. Uh, they they know how to do things. I guess. Uh-huh. He should just do it from the ship. That would have been cool. Uh, yeah. Maybe he will go I, the I'm ship. sure they will have something to and do And then in the, the other end zone there, you get them building those radio booths. Yep. I'm hoping that's where the radio booth is going to be. Um, I don't know yet. You see those lights up there that they're going to hoist up? Yeah. Those are for the halftime show, you yeah, said. Yeah, all the bunting's going all up. All the bunting looks... I like these colors, these yeah. blue and yellow and red. Mm-hmm. It's a nice color scheme. Definitely uh, Tampa Bay, Floridian-type look it's without okay. being too teal. <laughs> yeah, we don't need any teal. <laughs> How's that? Uh, I so, throw that out there. All right. All right, do you want to go to the questions? Yeah, let's go to the, some questions. Let's let's do it. Let's make it So happen. to summarize, before we go to the questions... All right, summarize. Great game in Green Bay. Incredible oh, um, mm-hmm. defense overcame the turnovers by the offense, which yeah. had previously not been happening for a while. Okay. Um, oh, shoot. I can't, I'm trying to get to these questions. Um, the, now the Buccaneers are facing a very good team, but we think there are opportunities there for some nice matchups. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. Now right. we get to the questions. Okay. I'm waiting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, oh, wow, I got a question since this started. Really? Because I had three when I pulled this up, and uh, now there's another one. Oh, uh, it's from our guy in Brazil. Yeah. So let's – I have not looked at any of these yet. Yeah, that's fine. Well, I, I like to look at them ahead of time, but I didn't yeah, get a I chance. Know. So I don't know what we're going to get here. All right. Robert Munster. Yep. Or Bobby Munster. Bobby. Wow, so much goodness in the NFC Championship game. Three shacks and two for JPP. I think that's kind of cool. He said shacks. I like got shacks. it. <laughs> Surviving three Brady picks. Yep. Packers going for three instead of seven on fourth down. Getting one more Salty Dogs podcast. Yeah, Wow. He's paying attention. Well, we were going to do it this week. The The extra one will be – well, we might do one next week, even though there won't have been a game. I don't know. I don't know. I Question. don't know. Well, I don't know what – But what. we'll definitely have at least one more after this. Are we going to do one after the Super Bowl? Uh, yeah. All right. We? Win or lose? Yeah. Oh, talk about being salty. What do, the all, <laughs> what do the almighty salty ones think is the toughest challenge the Bucks will face in the Super Bowl? Exciting times. Go Bucks, Bobby mm. Munster. Well, I think you explained pretty much of it, Bobby, if you go back and listen well, no, to Well, I didn't talk too specifically about I just uh, said Mahomes and Kelsey and yeah. Hill are good. But I would say um, two things come to mind here. One, Patrick Mahomes is so good on the run. Right. Um, just so good on the run. He, in fact, threw for 951 yards this year while on the run, yeah. which was the most in the NFL probably by a lot, although I don't have that number. Um, we were a little bit worried about Aaron Rodgers making plays out of the pocket, uh-huh. and Aaron Rodgers is fantastic at that. Right. But I think Mahomes is is more of a threat to actually pick up a lot of yards with his legs uh-huh. if he has to. But he can also just throw the ball. He can be running right and just flick it back to the, the other side of the field, which you're not supposed to do, but he yeah. can make it work. Well, and, and Or he can do it without looking. Yeah, when you're throwing underhand passes for touchdowns, it's, <laughs> it's, it's pretty remarkable. Well, that would be – uh, maybe one B here is mm-hmm. that Andy Reid, every time I got to watch the Chiefs this year, they had some new play that uh-huh. I'd never seen before mm-hmm. that was like, oh, that's brilliant. Look at the yeah. design on that one. Of course it worked. You don't think that in two weeks Andy Reid's going to come up with one or two plays that oh, we've he, never seen before? You know he is. So that's no going to be tough. Yeah. That's tough. Yep. And then the other thing I would say is what I was talking about before, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey make it so hard for you because – Pressing them is a problem and not pressing them is a problem. Either one, they have ways to just kill you with that. Yeah. Um, in fact, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill absolutely killed this year against off coverage. They were probably more dangerous when you didn't press them. Mm-hmm. But you're afraid to press Tyreek Hill, right? Yeah. I would be. Oh, yeah. I mean, maybe if you have some safety help over the top. Oh, yeah. So those are mine. What, do you got anything? No, I'm just really concerned about Patrick Mahomes. I, I, I saw a meme that said uh, – it was showing Tom Brady holding Patrick Mahomes in his arms and said, take your son to work day or take your kid to work day, which I kind of laugh. But it's it's a changing of the guard, so to speak. It's someone who's definitely going to be a Hall of Famer. And it certainly looks like, uh, you know, what's he, 23 years old? Yeah. Uh, who, who looks like he's going to become, if he if he keeps playing like he is, he's going to become a Hall of Famer. It's the changing of the guard, basically, of best quarterback in the NFL. Well, it's the greatest of all time against yeah. against a guy who 
you think at least has a shot to someday sure. challenge for that title. No right? question, yeah. So I, I think that'll be a great matchup. And I think what I like is there's a respect fac- factor. You know, uh, two years ago, um, Tom Brady w- with New England, they beat Kansas City in, in a champion. He, Tom Brady took the time to go to the locker room, Kansas City locker room, tell Patrick, hey, keep doing what you're doing, keep mm-hmm. working hard, it'll come. And then it came the next year. And then year. it came the next year, and now here we are. Uh, it's. I think this is kind of like um, the Karate Kid, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I don't get um, that one. Well, yeah, because how the teacher becomes, the, pu- oh. the pupil becomes the teacher. Or the, or, yeah, the are people. you talking about the new Cobra Kai series? Are you watching that? No. It's pretty darn good. Is it? Yes. Okay. And they're bringing back everybody. Talk about going off track. Okay. <laughs> they're bringing back everybody. It's not just Ralph Macchio. Ah. Just about anybody. Uh, unfortunately, um, Pat Mor- Morita, you- Mor- Morita, the character, the, sure. the actor who played Mr. Miyagi is no right. longer with us, so he can't come back. Nope. Um, so, yes, I, 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 think, I think there's a lot of great storylines and... I think it is going to be what quarterback plays the best. Yeah, every Super Bowl has great storylines, uh-huh. but it's hard to top a matchup of Tom Brady and, and Patrick Mahomes yeah. right now, given right. given where they are in their careers, who they are, and, and what one of them could become. It is amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay, All Kent right. Kent Denny. Kent Denny. Great, great ones. He's calling us great ones. All right. Another great day to be a Bucks fan. Yes. While every sports commentator in the world is giving their keys to the game, I thought it would be fitting and much more interesting to hear the dogs' yeah. keys to the game. Well, I've actually written a few of these already for right. something that we're going to use next week, uh-huh. and I think you could do – first of all, listen, whenever somebody asks you a key to this game, you could say every single week, turnovers. Yeah, turnovers, if, uh, if containment, put pressure – Here's the three that I wrote. All right. Give me Limit your... the big plays from Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Not right. saying it's easy, but that would make a big difference. All right. Continue to give Tom Brady the type of uh, protection he's been getting in these last in this seven-game winning streak. All right. That's on good. Because yeah. I think if he gets protection, he will be able to move the ball against this defense. Mm-hmm. And three was a little more uh, subjective, a little more, you know, not as uh, concrete. Mm-hmm. Own the moment. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Don't yeah. let the moment to be too big, big, big for, for you. yourself. The Bucks. I know that Bruce Arians is going to try to keep his team in a normal schedule, mm-hmm. looking like just just another game. Yep. We're going to prepare the exact same way. Uh-huh. There's no reason to get overly excited. There's no reason to have big ups and downs. Nope. Just we're going to prepare like we always do. We're going to have a specific game plan. We're going to do that. It's just another game mm-hmm. until it's over, and right. then it's the greatest thing ever. Yeah. But um, I hope that they can do that. You know, it's here in Tampa. A lot of these guys are young guys. You know, that are feeling the moment, right? Guy like Levante David is nine years paid his dues. He's here. Just, just own the moment and don't let it be too big for you. All right. I only, I have one key. Okay. And that is bad things are going to happen during this game. Oh, you're doing the John Gruden speech. I really believe it. Bad things are going to happen during this game. Don't let the bad thing throw you off your course. Especially early on. I think if that happens, I think we'll be fine. It's it, it's how you resp- because you know they got some trick plays and I don't want to call them trick plays they have some well creative. Di- yeah. very creative because I don't think more. they're trick I think right. you see it and you go wow that is it's not razzle dazzle of you know I'm trying to hide the the rabbit or pull a rabbit out of my hat um, but I think that uh, if it happens defensively you don't you don't overcompensate you know how sometimes a guy's trying to make a play for someone else. Just stay to your keys. Stay what you're supposed to do. Stay, and as you said, stay in the moment. I think that is it okay. for me. Good. All right. If for anybody that doesn't know the reference we made there, uh, and I think we've talked about it before, but before the 2002 NFC Championship game in Philadelphia, John Gruden told his team on Saturday night, mm-hmm. "There's a good chance something bad will happen early in the game. You can't let it. You, you'll have plenty of time to get over it. You can't let that dictate how the rest of the game goes." Yep. Philadelphia takes the opening. Brian Mitchell takes the opening kickoff. For like 80 yards, and on the first play on offense, they run it in. It's like yeah. a 15-yard touchdown. Mm-hmm. So we're like 15 seconds into the game, and we're losing seven nothing. And and we weren't exactly scoring a ton of points that year. So and from then on, though, the Bucks the Bucks kept their cool uh-huh. and pretty much dominated the rest of the way. Yeah, yeah. Rest- so that's that's what we're referring to. And and John was right about that, and they they listened to him. I hope that maybe I'll play the salty dogs for the team. Let them know. <laughs> okay. I don't think we've had a question from this person before. Okay. The name is Makai Polara. Okay, Makai. M-A-K-A-I. I'm, I like I'm thinking that's Makai. I like it. Cool name. From St. Augustine, Florida. Oh. Have you be- ever been there? 
I have, you know what? You've never been to St. Augustine? As crazy as it is, as long as I've lived in Florida, I have never been there. You've been to Key West? Oh, yeah, a number of times. I've been to St. Augustine. It's a nice place. Yeah. It's, you know, it's it's the oldest city in America. Sure. Um, Fountain of Youth is there. They have a lot of, I think, somewhere around Around there. there. They have a lot of, um, uh, like, tours you can Uh, take. I took, we took one bus tour where they kind of explained a lot of history. Pretty cool. No, actually, that was in Key West. Okay. But in any case, it's a cool place. (laughs) Um, in any case, uh, so the question from Makai is, yo ho salty ones. Today I come with two questions about Super Bowl weeks. Go. Obviously we are the first to host a home Super Bowl and I wanted to know if we will be able to do any cannon fire or jumbotron promos since it is our turf or does it just default to a neutral site? Let's go with that one. No. No, right? No, it is. um, It's completely run by the league. Correct. The NFL has taken over Raymond James Stadium, including the control booth. Control. They have. They. I mean, they will everything. Uh, uh, you have a badge. I have a badge. It usually lets us in the stadium anytime we want. Not now. You got to go. You got to have a special badge to get in, and then next, and then on Friday, it changes to another set of credentials to get in next week, and then you have another set of credentials. Mm-hmm. For game day. Right. So, as far as entertainment, the NFL controls the entertainment. The now, whole thing. The boards, the music, the, the, everything. The, right. Uh, they bring a uh, – They bring actually, uh, Bob Becker, who Bob uh, Becker. did – who has – Is he still running the – Yeah. He Well, you know, he did Buccaneer games yeah. for a while, and he is doing NFL stuff. And uh, he's 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 directing he's it. He's been involved in the Super Bowl for sure. as long as I can remember. Yeah, yeah. In any and case, the easy answer to your question, Makai, is no. Right. So no can. Will, now, will, now, I I'm proposing this, and I and we have a meeting tomorrow, a staff meeting, and I think I want to ask this question now that I think about it. Is I want to know if the NFL, if we can demand them that if we win, if the Buccaneers win, can they fire the cannons at the end of the game? I mean. It would. I don't see why not, but I still wouldn't be surprised if they said no. Right, but it's this is considered a neutral site. Yeah, this is all of the books. The NFC was going to be the home team, considered the home team, mm-hmm. just like we actually were in Super Bowl. That's the other 37. thing. They, bucks are in their own locker room. Oh yeah, that's very good. So yeah, there won't be any there won't be any Bucks specific stuff Mm-mm. to the way the game is run. No, in fact, in the, the logo in the middle of the field right now is the NFL shield. All right. All right. Sorry. Uh, also, could have just said no. My second question is: since we get two weeks off to prepare, will we get regular practices and injury reports reports during both weeks, or just the week off? I wanted to get a feel of the status of some of our banged up guys for the big dance. Love the podcast and the insight from you both. Can't wait to get guests back because I love this current roster so much. Enjoy your work weeks, Makai Pilara from San. So Makai says, "I love you guys, but you need help." <laughs> he wants interviews. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, so here's what we think. Right. Uh, there definitely be definitely will be practices. The yeah. Buccaneers are going to do one. It's it's basically a bonus week of practice. They're going to do their normal week of practices, um, but not starting, not going Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. They're going to do it Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then the, so the players got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off. Um, then they'll get Sunday, Monday, Tuesday off. And start up a normal week. Right. So it's two two weeks of normal practice, not exactly on the normal days in this first week, but and, and those practices are not open. Those the, no. now we're in Super Bowl now and it's and controlled by the NFL. Right. Those practices are not open to the media. They have a pool reporter there who shares a report and and they'll say who they saw in practice and things like that. As for the official injury reports. I was trying to remember this earlier, but my I guess can't. is there's not injury reports this week because it's not the week of a game. Yeah, it's not a game week. You don't you don't put out an injury report during a bye week, so I would think no. Yeah, so I think what you're going to get, I know you want updates on your Antonio yeah, Browns sure. and your Antoine sure. Winfields and your Jordan Whiteheads. You're going to get a pool report that might help a little bit from each practice, and you're going to get Zoom interviews with Bruce Arians, and hopefully at times he'll be able to update us on the status. Like, he was asked on Monday, right? but Jordan Whitehead is not, he didn't have any information by then on Jordan Whitehead. All right. So no, and, and that's how we'll get updates. But no, um, it won't be like normal. Let's just say this: if you're on the injury report right now, you're getting treatment like crazy, and you're working really hard to get. Well, back. Jordan Whitehead talked after the game, and he sure sounded like he was going to play in the yeah. Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, I think I I think it's pretty much. Um, can you imagine if oh. you, if you're on the fence, you're like, okay, when am I ever going to get a chance? Oh, I can't no. guarantee I'll be back here. Yeah, I mean, if you're too hurt to play, you're too hurt to play. Yeah. That is what it is. Well, right? you can you, well you can play you can play hurt. You can't play injured. Okay. 
Well, as Dave Moore was pointing out on Sunday, there are some injuries you just can't play with because your body won't allow you to, like a hamstring pull. Uh-huh. It's not a matter of, of handling the pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your body just won't won't let you do it. I always remember, I always remember um, David Logan saying to me, and this happened to him, that his hammy snapped on the field, and he said you could put a million dollars on the sideline and say, get there. And you can't get there. He said, you can't get there. So you're right. It depends on the injury. But they can go. They're going to go. All right, let's wrap it up here. Um, This is from our friend in Brazil named Alexander. Um, It's funny because he says, I lost track of time. Oh, Ahoy, salty ones. Hope you guys are safe. Just lost track of time and failed to send you guys my question this week. You know, you're not, you're not. He's required. Obliged to send us a question. Yeah. Every I, week I like that he's paying attention. But to what's the funny time. is this question came through while we're in the middle of the podcast. Yeah, he's so a pretty smart guy. I, I like this new method I'm using with my laptop actually open instead of printing out these questions because then I wouldn't have known we got this. I like it too. Okay. Right. Um, I'd like to to know how you guys reacted the moment that Chris Godwin finished that slide. What came to your minds? I was kind of already – see, I had high-fived Jason Turner right. and started moving my stuff when we got the pass interference call. Right. I had already kind of felt like we, we were – so the slide – there was a cool play, but I think we win the game even if we don't get that first half yeah. pretty, pretty easily. It just took away the last little bit of anxiety. Yeah, I – So I don't remember a specific reaction at that I moment. actually didn't react. When we got the, the flag – because, okay, so it's third down – Brady throws that pass. It's incomplete, but it did look like, and you know, Tyler mm-hmm. Johnson went down. It did look like they, there was, but there was no flag right away. And we're like, pass interference, pass interference. Yeah, uh-huh. And then from the left of the screen, because the, the guy throwing it is uh-huh. not on screen, uh, all of a sudden you see the yellow through. flag come flying yeah. in and land on the ground. And I stood up and said, yes, Super Bowl, baby. And high five Jason Turner, yeah. which I couldn't have done in the Green Bay press no, box. I, I think. So there was a different moment, but that's what I did. I think when that happened, I think I was, I was just stopped and thought this is really happening <laughs> this is really happening and um you know both of us have experienced going to a championship game and not winning that game and we both have been to a super bowl and have been on the winning side and i will say that it was nice in a championship game and winning it and i thought we're going to the super bowl again and then i had to think about it and it's been 18 years and it seems like a blur uh, you know I mean, it doesn't, you know, try to put 18 years together and you start thinking about the seasons and all the different players and all the different coaches that have been here. It's pretty crazy. And I, I think that was my reflection. Okay. You went deeper into it. I just had to start working. Well. You were working too. I was working too, but I we were just wrapping it up. It was just, you know, finish it out. Cool. All right. Speaking of wrapping it up. Sure. You ready? You done? I think we've, we've talked enough. Oh, okay. Very good. Well then, since you did, thanks for listening. <laughs>